0: and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 198. Is reconciliation always the right choice? I can get really pumped about this particular topic. I'm going to be honest with you. When I was in seminary, I had a particular professor that I really liked and had Just such admiration for him as a Bible scholar. I just thought he was incredible. And I still do. I think that his understanding of God's word was exemplary. But we were in class one day. And we were walking through one of the Gospels talking about the idea of forgiveness. And he said something to the effect that in order for it to be biblical forgiveness, there should be reconciliation. And I nearly came unglued. And I'm not one to speak out in class uh, the majority of the time. And I don't think I said a word. I listened to him talk, but I could not have disagreed more. So the Bible is clear that we as Christ followers are to forgive others. As Christ forgave us. Ephesians 4.32 And multiple other texts, including one of my absolute favorite in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, talking about forgiving the unforgivable and the contrasting story of somebody who forgave a large debt. And then that person who had been forgiven did not choose to forgive something that was tiny in comparison. And the fact that That is not what Christ expects. He expects us to forgive as he has forgiven us. And we've talked about forgiveness on this podcast before, and I'm sure that we will talk about it again. There's no doubt in my mind. Today, though, I want to talk about the whole idea of the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. So we've been walking through 2 Samuel 14, looking at the life of king david we have seen him in his brilliance and then we've also seen him on days where we are the only example we could follow would be the example of not doing what he did today we see him reconcile with his son absalom so the short backdrop to it is the fact that he, he had multiple children, but he had a son named Amnon. He had a daughter, gorgeous daughter, named Tamar, who was the full sister to Absalom. And Amnon got in his heart this lust for Tamar, and he violated her. And Absalom, a couple of years later, ha- killed his brother, his half-brother. And he took off and left. And because he really thought that his life would be in danger. Eventually, Joab, David's commander, also his nephew, knew that David was really hurting for Absalom. Not only had he lost Amnon to death, but he had also lost Absalom as a result of the situation. And so Joab goes to David and, well, doesn't necessarily go to him. He sends somebody, an actress, to get David's attention. And David decides, and we talked about this last week, David decides to let Absalom come back to Jerusalem. But he says that Absalom is to never come and be in his presence. So he allows him back in the town, but he does not allow him back in his presence. We talked last week about boundaries. And again, I am not commenting one direction or another as to whether David should have, at that point, allowed Absalom to come into his presence. I don't know if it would have been healthy. I... I don't know the details enough. Scripture does not go into the details enough to let us know. But I just wanted us to talk in that conversation about the importance of setting those interpersonal boundaries. And then this week we're following up with another boundary type discussion because we're going to see that David does move that boundary line. And that is healthy sometimes when we have set a boundary and maybe we see that someone truly has repented of the actions that they had taken and they have become trustworthy and we decide to allow them one or two levels back into our life. But reconciliation is not always the healthiest choice despite what i was told that day and there are so many examples as to the why if you've been abused reconciling with the person who is your abuser who is not a repentant healthy human being that is just not right in any way, shape, or form. Today, let's look at this little story about Absalom and David and do notice the extreme way Absalom went to get Joab's attention because he knew that he really couldn't get to his father because, of course, his father's the king. He couldn't just walk up there and say, hey, let's have a talk. It just didn't work that way. But He, in my opinion, goes to extreme lengths to get Joab's attention. So I'm not sure what I think of Absalom. And as we go along in the text in the future weeks, we're going to see that Absalom would not be someone you would trust to come one level in, two levels in, not in any way, shape, or form. But we see that in this case... David does choose to reconcile with Absalom. That's, well, we'll find out in future weeks how that works out. So 2 Samuel 14, 25 through 33. Now Absalom was praised as the most handsome man in all Israel. He was flawless from head to toe. He cut his hair only once a year, then only because it was so heavy. When he weighed it out, it came to five pounds. He had three sons and one daughter. His daughter's name was Tamar, and she was very beautiful. It would appear that he named her after his sister, who had her life changed so drastically. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two years, but he never got to see the king. Then Absalom sent for Joab to ask him to intercede for him, but Joab refused to come. Absalom sent for him a second time, but again Joab refused to come. So Absalom said to his servants, Go and set fire to Joab's barley field, the field next to mine. So they set his field on fire as Absalom had commanded. Then Joab came to Absalom at his house and demanded, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Absalom replied, Because I wanted you to ask the king why he brought me back from Gesher if he didn't intend to see me. I might as well have stayed there. Let me see the king. If he finds me guilty of anything, then let him kill me. So Joab told the king what Absalom had said. Then at last David summoned Absalom who came and bowed low before the king and the king kissed him. So we see that David has decided I'm going to kind of lessen my boundaries with Absalom and either give him a chance or he truly feels like he is repentant. I don't agree but he, you know he, he made the choice that he did and and so many times as somebody who's looking from the outside in, We don't always understand why someone tries, or not tries, someone chooses to reconcile with another. I can think of a couple of different situations from my growing up years. Where as an outsider, it never, never did I dream that these people would... I thought they would forgive because they were godly people, but I didn't think they would reconcile with the other person. But being the age that I am now and seeing so much more of life, I have realized that they saw a much deeper side of that person than us as a community did, and they saw... True repentance. And I have seen both of those relationships that I'm thinking about. I've seen them last. I've seen them produce good fruit. It's one thing to be on the outside looking in and trying to understand why someone chooses not to reconcile or chooses to reconcile. When you are the one in the hot seat, though you know one way or another you don't always know for sure if you should or shouldn't reconcile like it it may be it may be something that you struggle with greatly maybe you've got pressure from your family i'm recording this podcast on christmas eve of 2022 and i thought that was very interesting when it came down to the timing because I have no doubt that there are family gatherings that are separated because of rifts in the family. And some of those are ones that are staying the way they are because you've got two stubborn mules that refuse to Swallow their pride. But then you have other situations that are much more complicated where what one person did changed the entire family dynamic forever. That because of the choice they made or choice says, they have made it so that it would not be healthy for all parties to be in the same place at the same time. And that's just sad, but it, it, it happens. It happens. So I asked you as our weekly assignment feature, is there anyone in your life with whom you need to attempt reconciliation? And I was very careful in the wording that I used. I used the word attempt because Reconciliation is not fully on you. Reconciliation takes two parties. And so it may be that you are the one that refuses reconciliation, but God is prompting your heart to consider. It may be that God is prompting your heart to say, Reconciliation would be an unhealthy choice and do not. You know, it. this is so personal that only you and God know the condition of your heart. Forgiving others is not optional. If you want to follow Christ, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, choosing to forgive others is not optional. But with that forgiveness does not always come reconciliation. And so, as we finish out this chapter that's been challenging in the book of 2 Samuel I sit with this this very moment when it comes to my own personal life I think about relationships that I have that are not as they used to be I can't say, in most cases, that they are officially estranged. But at least one of them, uh, possibly. And I'm trying to determine in this, this moment what the Lord would have me do with this particular lesson. I want to know, I, I first and foremost, I want to make sure that there is not unforgiveness in my heart because that's not optional. And he and I have had that discussion before, but it's worth venturing back down that same road to make sure that there's not something, some seed that's still there. And then asking the Lord, if reconciliation is something that should happen, and he just laid something on my heart when it comes to this, just because someone chooses to reconcile does not mean that the relationship will be as it was. It may never be as strong and trustworthy as before, or By God's grace, there are some relationships that because of the conflict and because of the choosing to forgive and the choice to reconcile, it can create a bond that is even stronger than it was before. Because the relationship has been tested, tried, And even though it was fractured, the healing can bring about a new strength that cannot be torn asunder so easily. So as we close out this topic, just prayerfully consider, is there anyone in your life with whom you need to attempt reconciliation? And even though this is not the question, is there anyone in your life that you need to forgive? Because, again, that's not an attempt. That is, I I do. And if you have any questions about either of these, you can reach out to me at encouragingothersatlovingjesus at gmail.com. And I would love to have the conversation with you about this or other topics. If there's just something you need me to pray about, I just I would love the opportunity to pray for you. As I'm closing out this year of 2022, I'm I'm over the moon that we are two episodes. Just in two episodes, I will be recording. Lord willing, episode 200. And I will be launching our new Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus YouTube channel. Most days, I already want to sit down and record a video because something comes to mind. I won't do it yet. I'm trying to wait until we hit episode 200 to unveil. But there's just some things that... God is working in my heart about, and, and I just like to, to share them. And so I look so forward to the launch. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, so, Twitter is EO in Loving Jesus because the handle has to be short. Uh, Instagram, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. Facebook, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. The link in the show notes for the hidden episodes. first 50 that you can't find just anywhere and as we close out today I encourage you as I encourage you each and every week to remember it's always a trust and obey kind of day.